Welcome to Hearthside Salons. I'm Heidi Hornbacher of Pagecraft Writing. Each week we bring you conversations with creators and innovators to feed your creative fire. How do our origins define us? How do the wounds of our parents shape our outlook and our choices? Film executive Katie Haber has led a life worthy of a movie, from working with top-tier directors, having friendships with A-list stars, and founding charities bringing arts and sports to the disadvantaged and lifting people out of poverty. But Katie's origin story is even more captivating. She agrees. In the first of our conversations, she shares about planning a limited series based on her parents fleeing the Nazis in World War II, and the strange journey she found herself on to uncover the truth of the family left behind. A note to listeners, this episode does contain swear words and adult themes. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's it's really an honor to speak with you in this setting. Oh, oh yeah, right. I've got I've got my hot tea just in case. Me too, I do too. I've got ginger. You know, I'm blown away by the incredible ordeal that of your family and the loss they suffered as, you know, a microcosm for telling the larger story of the horrors of World War II. You know, that's right. a very specific way into that. Uh, and then astonishing the way you managed to then pull all these things together and make these connections that would otherwise have never been made. I know. It, it's, it's ironic, you know, it's my life with Sam Peckinpah that took me on that journey. So you so know. you and Ali McGraw had gone to the festival. I, I, I was invited by um, the Carlo Vivari Film Festival to do a, which Carlo Vivari is, is um, about an hour outside of Prague. Okay. To do a retrospective on the life and work of Sam Peckinpah, having done eight films with him. I'm, I'm, I'm You're a bit of an expert. I'm a bit of an expert and, um, you know, have lots of stories to tell. And when, when I was invited, I said, you know, by the way, I'm still very close to Ali McGraw, who was um, in, in the, the getaway and then in Convoy. And uh, we're, you know, we're, we're really, really close friends. And I said, would you like me to ask if she'd like to come along? Because she's much more famous than I am. And all the rest of it, and they 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 were thrilled. So Ali and I went together. You know, they, they screened all his films, and then then we did Q and As afterwards. And she was on the jury for you know for the best film of the of the festival award. And when it was all over, because she you know she she graced them with her presence, and then and then all the rest of it, they said, we'd love to invite you back to Prague to to spend a week in Prague on us. And oh, we nice. stayed we stayed in this wonderful hotel and. And did, did, have you ever been to Prague? Yes. Okay. I knew where my parents lived and where they had an apartment and oh. Benson's Platz, they had an apartment on, you know, the big, the, it's like the Champs-Élysées. It's like wow. Champs-Élysées in Paris, isn't it? In, yeah. The, and I went to, you know, to find approximately where that apartment was. And then we went to the Jewish Quarter and went to the Pincus Museum and, uh, the Pincus Museum is um, a converted synagogue. And as you know, the walls are covered in na- the names of the people that were within the Holocaust. And I found the names of my 
my uncle, my aunt, and my cousin in one in one line. Oh my god! And it, it had the day they were born and the day they died. And you know, my my aunt was born in 1907, and Frances Elinka was born in 1901, and Martin was born in 1930 in 36, and and uh, the 39 was the uh, was when the war broke out. So he was three years old when the war broke out, and six years old when he was transported to to Terezin. We found all the names, and then. Ali and I decided we'd go on a tour of the Theresienstadt concentration camp. The morning of, we were sitting in, in, the, in the restaurant and Michael Madsen, you know, the actor, he, he was at another table and we'd been talking to him and said, I'm leaving, I'm just I'm going, going to the airport in about 15 minutes and, from here. And we said, well, we're going to Terrazin. He said, what? I said, yeah, we're going to Terrazin. He said, he said to his wife, tell them to stop, to um, keep, keep our bags at the airport. And he came with us. So yeah, say can you say more about that? Because I didn't know what I didn't know about terrorism before we talked about it last week. So I had no idea that this type of thing even existed. Can you say yeah. more about what it was and why? Theresienstadt was the show camp for the Nazis. You know, when people started talking, you know, around the world, what's happening to to, to the Jews and all the rest of it, they decided to make terrorism a show camp. The camp was a, is a town. Uh-huh. And and what they did was they kicked out the 3,000 people that were living in, the, in, the, in, in that town of Terezin and brought in 75,000 Jews and put them into that town and created the Theresienstadt concentration camp, which became the show camp for the Nazis. And, and, and so when you know, the Red Cross wanted to know what was happening to all the Jews, they said, they brought them to, to, to the Theresienstadt camp and said, see how wonderful it is? They, they, when, the, when the Red Cross visited, what they did was they would kick out all the, the elderly and the sick mm. and send, put them on the train and send them to Auschwitz and exterminate them, leaving just the young and the healthy. Oh, and they, they, and they, would show, they would show them sitting in coffee bars and all the rest of it. So the Red uh, Cross had no idea they were actually making it worse by visiting. Yes, yes. Oh. A terrorism was where my, my entire family were transported, but they weren't transported to terrorism until 1943 because my uncle was hired. Uh, this is everything that I found out, of course. Mm-hmm. My uncle, Francis Elica, was hired by the, the Germans to catalog all the stolen art, jewelry, and, and mm-hmm. everything that they, t- they took from the Jews and, and put them in the museum. And also he, not, not only that, he was part of a group of people who took all the Torahs out of the synagogues yes. and preserved and put them in the museum. And then, then they were stored by the thousands in storage places in, in, uh, near Terrazin. By going to Terrazin, I, you know, I uncovered what happened to my family. My uncle was an architect and a set designer and an artist and a painter. And, and he was part of a group that produced and, and performed 50 productions of a children's opera called Brundibar, which is now performed all over, all over the world as well by kids in schools because it was a children's opera. And I, that's when I uncovered everything that my uncle was doing there. It's so interesting because I think most people, like when you think camps and Jews in World War II, you think Auschwitz. It was a mind-blowing to me that there was a, a whole different... This it, was whole a, thing. it was a transit camp. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people went through there 
especially uh, especially the, the the Jews of Hungary. Well, my parents lived in Czechoslovakia in Prague, and uh, and in 1939, um, when Hitler marched into Prague, the the one of the only good things that Hitler did in his life was that he marched into Prague. He didn't bomb it, he did, right. as, as he did Warsaw and Poland and all. He, he occupied Prague by by Czechoslovakia by marching in because he was a lover. He was a he was a, an artist and a lover of art and 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 architecture and all the rest of it. And he didn't want to destroy Prague. And Prague yeah. is so beautiful. Well, for Prague was you know you know the the Paris the Paris of Eastern Europe. Yeah. You know, and and Hitler. You know, if you, if you can give him any credit in the world, you know, it, the, there's very little you can give him credit for. On the contrary. Yes. Um, that he that he didn't destroy Prague. Thank goodness. You know the people that destroyed Prague were the were the Russians who when they took over, they you know they they put up scaffolding and and left it there and destroyed buildings because the scaffolding rotted and all the rest of it. But Hitler Hitler preserved Czechoslovakia and especially Prague because of his love of art and the architecture and the, the and what Prague was stood for. And anyway, so in 1939, my father, you know, who was the the the, to, the, the total pessimist, saw what was coming, and uh, and uh, and he, uh, you know, he packed, he packed his bags and and my mother and my, my mother's of course, and he said, you know, we got to leave, and uh, this uh, the story I'm actually going to tell, and uh, hopefully is a miniseries, is that my mother's best friend. Seduce, her name was Mila Pick, seduced the head of the Gestapo to get visas for all, because her, her husband was Jewish, to get visas for all her friends, and oh you know, her family and, 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 and friends, and got visas for my, my mother, my father, her husband, of course, and, uh, and also for my, my aunt and my cousin and my uncle. Wow. Uh, his, his name was Franta Zelenka. They all were meant to go to the train station and, and take the train and then go by, and then go by bus by by boat to England. And when when they all met at the train station, my uncle was it was the only one who came. And like he did, my my grandmother didn't come, and and my aunt and my cousin, because my six year old cousin had the flu, or also oh. cold, and he said, "We'll see you next week." You know, because oh. at that time. Nobody really knew, um, you know, the consequences of what's going on. And right. I still, have, I still have my mother's visa. This is my cousin that had the flu, oh. and this is my mother's visa. And what it says is, Alice, Alice Havrova, which is, you know, if you're if you're Czech, and you're married, you 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 are not in Czechoslovakia. You're not you're not Katie Haver. You're Katie Havrova. Ova means you're the wife of. Oh, I see. Okay, so you've got Alice Habrava Prague, police direction Prague, in this in in den Zeit. It's it's in German. It says in den Zeit 24-3-1939 to one five nineteen thirty nine. So she had a visa to go to go to England from the twenty fourth of uh, March. But she had to be back, or she had to have made the trip by the first, the first of May. Wow! And 1939, and it's signed by 
Obereinsgruppe Kommandant Prague, and I don't know what the signature is, but it's signed. That's so amazing to have that. that. I know, it's, it is amazing. So the, their cousins didn't end up making it out and your family did? They, 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 they didn't make it out. And they said, we'll see you when, you know, tell us, tell us when you arrive and we'll, you know. My entire childhood was, as I was growing up, was my parents. I saw my parents trying to find out and I have telegrams, I have oh. everything. I could, my childhood was riddled with my parents desperately trying to find out what happened to the family, including my my grandmother, you know, and because they, they never saw them again. Oh. And so they came to England. I was uh, in 1939. I was born in 1944. And, you know, if you jumped, jumped to what was happening in, in Prague at the time, I was born January 1944. In October of 1944, my aunt, my uncle, my grandmother and young Martin died in Auschwitz. Oh my God. Because, um, and the story that I want to tell is that my uncle worked for the Nazis cataloging, all, he was an architect. Yeah. And he was forced to work for the Nazis cataloging all the, um, sto the Jew Jewish stolen art that they put oh. into a museum. And also he collected without them knowing about 1500 Torahs, you know what a Torah is? Oh, yes. Torahs from the synagogues in Bohemia and Moravia, and they were hidden. And it, he, he was one of four people who found the Torahs, got the Torahs out of the synagogues. And, and I don't know if they were, they were buried underground, but in, in 1962, they were so that uh, when, the, when the war was over, the Russians sold those Torahs to a synagogue in London where they were restored and, 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 and sent out to synagogues and museums around the world. I was, I'm a member of the Holocaust Museum in downtown LA and I'm giving a tour to some kids and I'm going and you know they have all these rooms with, with all memories of the Holocaust. And in, 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 in the first room, there is a Torah in a, in a, in a, in a glass box. And it says, you know, and it says um, Torah from Bohemia and Moravia, you know, and all the rest of it. And I realized that my my uncle physically handled that oh Torah. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. Anyway, so cut print, we go back to England and my parents. I grew up, I was born in, in 1944 and I grew up in England and my parents gave me a very, very British Christian education, because okay. my, my father was, you know, absolutely paranoid that, yeah. uh, you know, something would happen to me. And, and I, and I defied, I not defied him, but he was, he couldn't believe it. But I went to a school called Wickham Abbey School for Girls, which was a very posh British so, school. Yeah. He, the first thing that destroyed him was I, he could, I, he couldn't get me into Benedon, which were, which was the school the school that um, Princess Anne went to. Oh. Because, and, and it just devastated him, the Jewish quota was full. Oh, my God. There oh, Jewish, boy. There were Jewish quotas in schools, okay. and Wickham Abbey only had three Jewish girls, and, and, and I, I, got, I got in there because they only had two at the time. Oh. So, and... and How absurd. And, no, I know. 
but uh, I grew up in England and 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 when I when I went to school I had to go to church not to chat to chapel every day mm-hmm. and on Sunday there was a full service and I very proudly told my dad that when everybody knelt I would stand and 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 my father said why why do you stand I said daddy Jews don't kneel we stand in synagogue we don't kneel and my father said, you have, you have to kneel with it. You know, you just wanted me to disappear. Just blend in. Yeah, keep your head down, survive. And I, I said, no, I, you know. And <laughs> I, you know, I, really, I said to, to my dad, too many Jews died, you know, for being Jewish. Why should I, I, why should I hide the fact, you know? And I was <sighs> very, very proud of the fact. Although we were not a Jewish household. My, 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 my parents were not religious whatsoever. But we yeah. were ethnic, ethnic, ethnically Jewish. I love that you were that feisty at that already in defiance you know you know because I saw my parents suffering so 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 terribly trying to find out what happened to the family for the my eight-year-old cousin and then you know and all you know all the rest of it and so you know then then I grew up and then in in 1962 um so Oswald Mosley and Colin Jordan formed a, a, a very, the, the British Nazi Party called the National Front. Oh God! And and uh, um, the, the National Front marched down Trafalgar Square, carrying their Nazi flags and all the rest of it, and totally, utterly, you know, because my father, you know, loved Winston Churchill, loved loved everything about England, who saved his life. Yeah. You know? And if you said to my father, you know, if you met him, you know. What, what nationality are you? Because he had a very lot, strong accent. He would always say, I'm British. <laughs> you know? Bless him. And, and uh, in 1962, he was made honorary professor of Edinburgh University for his, for his contribution to, uh, to, to medicine because he was a very, very famous dermatologist and all the rest of it. Oh, wow. And anyway, so he was honored at Edinburgh University and he wanted my mother to come with him, you know, for this honor. And she was going into hospital for, and she was going to have a hysterectomy. And my father was convinced that the doctors weren't telling him the truth. And then it was much more serious and all the rest of it. Watching the, um, you know, the, the, the National Front march down Trafalgar Square and, 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 and my mother, my, my, my mother not being, you know, going into hospital and not being with him. I mean, here comes a sad bit. My father committed suicide in Edinburgh the night the night of the the the, the, the presentation. Wow. Um, and the reason I'm telling you this story is that um, that I was going to go into to 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 uh, to study medicine like my father, and and I didn't want my mother to have to spend four years of edu- uh, uh, university education and then another two years of medical you know education. So. I said I'm I'm not I'm not going to go I'm going to I'm going to stop everything and go into the film business. I did go to when I did go to Prague was in 2005 and then we went from Prague to Karlovy So of course I visited the Theresienstadt concentration camp while I was there which is where my uncle and aunt and cousin were transferred um, in 1943 after my uncle had finished his Work for the for for the yeah. Nazis, you know, cataloging all the all the stolen art and all the rest wow. of it. All this time, you see, my parents. When I was growing up, you know, my parents were gone by then. By two thousand and five, my mother died in eighty two, my father in sixty two. All they needed to do 
to find out what happened was to do what I was doing in 2005 in Prague, was to go to the Pinkers Museum yeah. and find the names and then go to Theresienstadt to find out, you know. So I found the names and then I went, I went to the Theresienstadt camp with, with Ali. My uncle who lives in San Francisco had visited the, the camp and found this photograph. This, this poster was up in the museum and it's, it just says Einkauft Zeit für Juden. What it says is shopping times for Jews. Oh, that's so nice. Oh yes. And this is my uncle, my, my aunt and my cousin. So my uncle gave me this picture and he said, see if you can find it because that's true. That's your aunt Trudy and, and Martin. So I go there. It's not there anymore because in 1993, after he'd visited, there was a huge flood in Europe and almost all of the, of the Theresienstadt Museum was destroyed and those pictures were destroyed. So I, I had the copy. Oh my God. Wow. So I, I showed them the picture and I said, you know, this is my aunt and my cousin. And they said, and I said, that's Trudy and Martin Zelenka. And they, the people said to me at the museum, he said, do you realize that that photograph is in a magazine and, and all over the all over the, the country saying, have you, do you know who these people are? Oh my God. So I said, well, I do. Yeah, as a matter of fact. And I said I identified them, and in the in the in the same museum was a whole room full of all the artwork, the costume designs. Yeah. You see, my well, my uncle was an architect, a set designer, and a costume designer before he you know he came to Terrazin. And un, under the guise of this is the show camp, he was allowed to put on performances and theater productions. Wow very, very famous, which is now played all over the world, children's opera called Brundiba. And that opera is, is performed to this day around the world by children in schools in, in commemoration of that, that opera. Wow. And, and so that, that room was dedicated to all his work. And I said, you, you mean you don't know who this woman and child, and yet you have uh, her husband's work in another room. So. Oh my gosh! That identification that I did was 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 spread all over was spread all over the, the, the every every magazine article every newspaper and all the rest of it. When I got back to LA, I got a call from this guy, uh, Pavel Habra, and he said, "You don't know me, but my mother and your aunt were very close friends, and not only were they close friends, but they both my mother's parents, my grandparents." had a store in Prague next door to your aunt's hat store and, and, and fashion store. And they were very close friends. And the night before she and your uncle and, and cousin were transported to the Theresienstadt trans, trans, transit camp, your aunt gave my mother all the family possessions for safekeeping, photographs. Oh my God and the collection of puppets that belonged to your cousin. She, she left them with her saying, you know, when, you know, please save these until we come back. And because if we leave the apartment, it's going to be rented out and all right. the rest when we come back, you know, so you have all my, my possessions. Of course, they never came back. And he said, I still have those possessions. Wow. Would you like to have them? 
So this big fox arrived with his 20 marionette puppets. Oh, my goodness. That belonged to my cousin, the little, the little ones. Yeah, okay. And I have photographs of my grandmother and my cousin and all the rest of which I can also show you what was a real treasure that I had is that the Nazis perpetuating this, look how wonderful we treat the Jews, mm. allowed, allowed the, um, the inmates in this camp to write letters and postcards to friends in Prague, you know, having a lovely time, wish you wow. were here. Kind of oh my God. And my, this, this man owned 14 postcards and letters from my aunt to his mother. And even a little note from Martin, my cousin, my eight-year-old cousin. And he gave those to me too. Oh, how wonderful. These possessions of my aunt and cousin that I, that I never knew. And, and that's the story I want to tell about. Yes, you have to. Me growing up in England and my, my parents, just, the, the whole story. Yeah. No, there's so much there. And it's a wonderful story because... You know, it includes music and singing and, you know, this, this, this children's opera. Another amazing link that I, I found in, I was at the at the Simon Wiesenthal Center. I was a member of the Simon Wiesenthal Center, a, a Holocaust museum. Mm -hmm. And they, they said, you know, we'd like to invite you to a book, book signing. This young girl, Ella Weisberger, who grew, grew up in the Theresienstadt concentration camp because she was transported there. And this Ella Weisberger wrote this book about her life in terrorism. So I said, of course I want wow. to go. So I went there and she started talking about Brundibar, how she was the, the cat in Brundibar and all the rest of it. And uh, at the end of the book signing, I came, went up to her and I said, um, I, was, I was wondering if you remember anybody called Franta Zelenka. And she looked at me and she started crying. She said, who are you? I said, I'm his niece. Oh. And she said, do you see this picture of me? And do you see I'm where I have a mustache because I'm a cat and I've been wearing it? He said, every time we performed Brundibar, it was your uncle, you know, designed all the sets, but he painted those whiskers on my face oh. um, every every night when, when we uh, before we performed and painted, put boot polish on my feet, he said, because I had to take my shoes off because he said, cats don't wear shoes. Ah. She signed my book, Franta's Mustache. Oh. And, and from then on, Ella and I, until she died a couple of years ago, uh, were, were firm, close friends. And she would go around the country and, 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 and around the world. The last time she performed was in, in Venezuela. Brundibar with the kids in Venezuela and uh, she you know she she and I became very very close friends that's lovely so I you know um, that, that's a story that has to be told but uh, how, I, how I came to become living in England and how I came to we worked with Sam Peckinpah yeah. my life with Sam Peckinpah that brought me to back to Prague you know to, to the Carlo Vivari Film Festival to do a retrospective you know, so it's all, it's yeah. all instinct. No, it's, 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 it's a story which is, which is, has highs and lows. And, yeah. but it's a story about art and culture in, in the middle, in the middle of the, the worst Holocaust in history. Yeah. It's not just another Holocaust story. It's about yeah. art, art and culture within, within, you know, 
the the, the artistic cultural Jewish community in yeah. one place. That's astonishing. Yeah. What I wanted to ask you, what you know, given our current political, you know, recent events, like because over the last year, as our election loomed closer and closer, and things were getting crazier and crazier, we thought about like do we stay here? What if things go oh, the wrong way? And I was in a thinking about the people that in the Holocaust or before the Holocaust who decided to leave. Yeah. yeah. How do you know when to leave? I know. What is your background? Um, German and Irish. Oh my goodness. So my, uh, my grandparents were already here during World War II and um, my grandfather's job was making sure all the Germans they lived in Michigan, very big German farming community, um, and they were. His job was to make sure that they were all good Germans and didn't weren't sympathizers <clears throat> and weren't you know. So, so everyone had to stop speaking German in public because all Americans would have just assumed you were Nazis. And so they, my so my dad never learned to speak German because they just. I'm surprised there weren't any German internment camps like there were Japanese. I am also very surprised about that. My land, my landlords, when I first moved into this apartment 80, in 1983, were the grandparents of the, my, my the landlords of today. Oh. And it, they, they were it, Mussolini fanatic Italians. Oh, oh no. And uh, Mr. Capella. And one day after Mrs. Capella said to me, you know, Katie, I do not like uh, 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 Ellen. And Ellen was the, 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 uh, the, the apartment manager. So she, she lived in one of the apartments, but she had a very reduced uh, re reduced uh, rent. rent. Yeah. And she says, Katie, you know, I don't like Ellen. I said, why not? She's very nice, Mrs. Capella. She said, she's a Jewish. Ah. And I said, Mrs. Capella, I'm afraid to tell you, I'm Jewish too. Yeah, but you don't act like it. <laughs> Oh, my God. Wow. When I told you that Trudy went to Pavel's mother mm -hmm. to drop off all the personal possessions, and she, li she lived in a house across Prague. She took Martin with her. And when they got there, you know, she goes, gave him all the stuff. And, and then little Martin sort of pulled at the lady and said, can I roll in your grass, please? Oh. And and they had a guard. She had a garden, you know, with a green green lawn, and you know the Jews were not allowed in the parks anymore. So the kid saw the green grass and he just wanted to lie in it. Oh my God, that's the stuff that's the most heartbreaking is the details of the the children and like the simplest thing. Yeah, I mean when I say it's amazing, it just as it unfolded for me. It was just as just as mind-boggling that I was able to find out all this information, oh. and then and the that my parents never knew about, you know, and all they needed to do was pack their bags and go home, yeah, you know, after fifty years. But you know, the, they still had this this uh, phobia about I, what home meant to them, so right. they never ever went back, you know. Wow, that's got to just be an amazing thing to leave your home and know you know you're never going to see it again. Yeah, well, but it, it just, uh, or, or, and never see your family again. Yeah. You know, so anyway, that's uh, that story needs to be told. Yes, it very much does. We have so much more to talk about. 
<laughs> well, Katie, thank you. Yeah, have a good night and I will talk to you again soon. Next time on Hearthside Salons, Katie and I pick up the thread of her life in the film business, from riding in a tank with Steve McQueen to saving Blade Runner. Special thanks to our graphic and sonic designer, Joel Harris. Our theme music is by Lachey Swing. For more on our script coaching, online concept to pages screenwriting courses, and writing retreats in Italy, again someday, or to be part of our live recording audience, visit us at pagecraftwriting.com, at pagecraftwriting on Instagram, and at pagecraftwrite on Twitter. I'm Heidi from Pagecraft. Thanks for listening and stay well.